Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Michael McQuay, Colin Cronin, Stuart Roach. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we've been on. Uh, a lot has happened in the NFL. The LA Rams won the Super Bowl. Uh, we're actually recording this on the day that the international home teams have been announced. Um, Broncos not on that list. Broncos only have eight home games this season, so it you know is obviously unlikely for that to happen. But let's see what happens. Uh, Colin, busy few weeks for you. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm sad that it's been, you know, now uh, we are fast approaching March. So we're coming up, obviously, on um, a long time since the, the last Broncos game. But the the playoffs were great. The Super Bowl was great. It shows what you can and do in terms of turning your franchise around if you find the right guy uh, like the uh, the Bengals did. But um, yeah, it's uh, I suppose the it, it's the hope and and uh, and the optimism that carries you through at this time of year. Sure, I thought Colin was going to say there it's the hope, not optimism that kills you at this time. But say uh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Um, yeah, I, I think this is this, there's always a bit of a dead time uh, after the Super Bowl and before free agency and franchise tagging starts. So. We've we've come through that now. We're, we're we're nearing the end of that period, and over the next sort of week, so two weeks, things will actually meaningful things will start to happen. Um, I think the franchise tags are 
are going to be interesting. I'm not sure um, if Denver is going to franchise tag or indeed needs to franchise tag anybody. Um, I suppose we've got, you know, we got our business done with the likes of Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick done in season. So that maybe have negated the need to do that. Uh, the counter argument would be that we don't have anybody that any of the other teams want to sign that badly that we'd need to franchise tag. But that's the negative version of events there, Michael. Sorry for. Um, so no. So this, as I said, we're, this is this is now we're we're we're, in, we're entering a period now of activity uh, around the NFL. So you've got your franchise tags, and you've got free agency, and then um, we've got the combine as well, which will lead us ultimately into the draft. So there's lots to look forward to now. Um, and personally speaking, I can't wait. Um, this is always an exciting time of year. Uh, this is the, the NFL's equivalent of the opening of the transfer window in the Premier League, which when everybody is full of hope and is, is uh, thinks that their team are going to be the, the Cinderella story this this time around, we shall see. Oh, the Bengals can do it. Maybe the Broncos can do it. Uh, obviously, Column, the Broncos weren't announced for London this week as a home team, but there's still a chance they could be announced as an away team. Now, our sources would indicate that that game has to be an AFC-NFC matchup. However, with the Jags opting to play instead of being told to play as part of the marketing agreement, it could be an AFC team. We don't know. And I'm too scared to ask head office in LA or New York about that. So uh, what's your thoughts? Because, you know, the Broncos played in Jacksonville last year. So if you look at the Jaguars games, maybe Shad Khan would like to maybe see that game in London. Uh, it would be a nice game to watch, wouldn't it? Maybe Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, and Devontae. I'm, I'm joking, Stuart, to see your face there. Uh, but Colin, uh, yeah? Yeah, London? I was going to say, Aaron Rodgers isn't signing for the Jaguars. They're not going to give up on <laughs> Trevor Lawrence so soon, are they? No. Come on. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, but potentially. Um, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to, to see. The talk has been that the Broncos had wanted to play overseas, but we know that the team made a big pitch and managed to get Mexico as their international market. So if they were to go, obviously it's, it's the away team. Maybe they potentially would be happy to, to do that. I, I don't know for the, the Jags, can they just decide to, to, does the other team as the away team get any say in it or are they like get on get on the plane? I, I see Amos is none too happy about the, the Packers having to, to go to London. So I don't know how the, the players would feel about it. I think um, for for us, look, you, obviously the opportunity to see your, your team closer to the home is uh, always welcome, though I, I would say, you know, it would be, I think, the Broncos in Germany or the Broncos in Mexico would probably be a, a more uh, carnival-like atmosphere. I think if it is the Jags against the Broncos in 2022, it could be tough sledding. Tough selling or tough sledding, Stuart? Um, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, no pun intended. Uh, yeah, I, I personally would be surprised if it was the Broncos. I think the fact that they did play against, uh, sorry, the Jaguars, Broncos, the, the fact that that game already took place and was an absolute stinker, um, would mean I know they, I know the NFL have kind of given the, the Jaguars sort of to be London's unofficial team, um. I think they need the Jaguars to start improving, which hopefully will happen for them in regards to Trevor Lawrence, because I'd expect him to make a jump. Um, but I think they need to be careful with the product they put out in the field. I know NFL fans will go and see just about any game, but they have seen a lot of Jaguars games. And the Jaguars have been 
let's be honest, pretty terrible for a long time. So I, I, I me, me personally speaking, if I was in charge of seeing who gets to play that game against Jaguars, I would look for a slightly higher profile opponent next year. Um, now that, you know, I don't know when that decision is made, Michael, you'd know better than me, but I, I personally would be very surprised if it was the Broncos. Yeah, one thing I will say on this podcast is um, Colin mentioned there about the Broncos being in the international market, home marketing. I keep getting the M and the H mixed up. But uh, for, for Mexico, and you know, we know from the work that the Broncos do with Marisol, Victor, all those ones at uh, Broncos, Fanaticos, they're very set in that market, which is fair enough. There's thousands of fans in Mexico. It looks, if you take that and look at it the same way as Germany, it's quite obvious now that the other teams that haven't been picked so far, as in the Panthers and the Patriots will play in Germany in the next two or three years. That's the, that's the way it's going to work. So maybe the NFL has got them set for a home, for a home game next year when it's the AFC's turn. So they're taking turns every year. Uh, but there's like eight teams from Mexico. It could be like a seven or eight year waiting list. I don't know, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think to sell a 90,000 seater stadium with Trevor Lawrence, you need Dallas or you need New York. And I'm talking about the Giants, and that's going far there, even with Daniel Jones. But you've got the fans over here for that. I just can't see how the Broncos would play in Wembley. And that's me not trying to get people's hopes up because I just don't think it's going to happen. I think the year it was supposed to happen was Atlanta two years ago, um, and I can't see it now. However, if Green Bay can play in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, anything can happen. Uh, Column could win the Rose Tree this year. I don't know. Like, I mean, like, lads, anything's possible here. This is nuts. Mad stuff like, but uh, we have a lot to look forward to. If if Anaheim, we'll, we'll we'll get over to Denver for a game. Oh yeah, the uh, the kind of annual pilgrimage to Mile High for me uh, that will certainly happen in twenty twenty two. Stuart, I seen a really interesting article from our friend over at uh, the DNVR, Zach Stevens. Zach has an article at the minute with Nathaniel Hackett's coaching staff, and it's really, really good read if you want to subscribe, folks, uh, talking about the experience that coaching staff has. They're very young, Stuart. Now, I don't have the, I don't have the ages in front of me, but they're not, like, this is, this is a complete rework in terms of what we had last year. Yeah, and coincidentally, Michael, I watched the um, Broncos behind the scenes video, uh, which dropped there, I think, over the weekend. Um, a lot of which was um, Nathaniel Hackett going to the Denver Boys and Girls Club, which was tremendous, actually. And, and he he does really sound distractingly like Will Ferrell a lot of the time, but um, but he is an incredibly enthusiastic um, manner. And, um, he, you know, I, I really hope, I hope, obviously, that any Broncos head coach that comes in is going to be successful. I particularly hope that this guy is because it just he just seems like a great guy. He's obviously an extraordinarily successful coach as well in his own right. Um, but but the second half of that video was um, was him introducing the various uh, coordinators. And yes, they are really, really young. Um, I think that's why they uh, probably brought in the, um, uh, the advice, was it Wink Martindale from, from, is that Colin? Was that who they brought in as a as a what you would call it as a, a sort of defensive guru? That wasn't Wink, was it? it was, no, uh, no, not not. Uh, Mar- Martindale went to the Giants. Uh, we brought, uh, we brought in uh, our, the man Aaron Rodgers uh, blames for right. um, for not uh, winning more Super Bowl rings uh, from from Green Bay uh, Capers. Ah, very good. Great stuff. Well, I think that was, you know, uh, look, I think we all kind of, Mickey, I'm sure you'll talk about it later on, but I think we all kind of realise the Aaron Rodgers thing is is just, you know, there's about 1% chance that'll happen. Well, that's my next question, because there's, yeah. look, look, Stuart, there is some, you're saying 1% there or whatever, 
Mm. You know, we're we're recording on the Monday here, and it's... I'm saying one percent, Michael, is because I, I don't want to, you know, totally kill all hope on the podcast. But realistically, <laughs> but just in case this goes out, we're going, why, why aren't you talking about it? Why aren't you talking about Rogers coming? I mean, like for for all we know, he could genuinely go and Mac. And I, I I do think, regardless how this does like play out, I think he will go on that show and announce his future. I think that's where it will happen, which is nuts. But imagine he like I mean, there's still uh, it might it, it might do, but he's not going to announce his futures in Denver. He's going to announce his futures in Green Bay, or he's retiring. That's what's going to happen. That's always been what's going to happen. Teams don't trade away the two-time reigning MVP of the NFL. It does, it's just ridiculous. It doesn't happen. This was always a non-starter. Um, Russell Wilson was the more realistic quarterback that potentially you could get out and get, and even he's a non-starter as well because Pete Carroll has no interest. In being part of a rebuild. Sorry if I've destroyed the next segment of the show, Michael, but you did ask me about the staff. No, sorry. So I think the guy that Aaron Rodgers hates and blames for not winning enough Super Bowls, he was we, he would have been a counterbalance to the lack of of um, experience on the staff. But I think these guys they they all come across as the kind of guys that should be promoted uh, at the right time. Um, I mean, I think it was Talib, our old friend Akib Talib, who, by God, I wish we'd kept him for longer. Um, he was was raving about the defensive coordinator recently, um, uh, who looks like he could be a player. Actually, he's he's that young looking, but he comes with with tremendous uh, accolades, and he comes with a huge amount of goodwill, and an awful lot of people have backed him. So I think that that looked like the good, you know, like the move that needed to be made. Um, I think that defense is good, but I, I think we spoke at length in this program. I think that defense flattered to deceive a lot of the time because when they needed a stop, more often than not, it didn't feel like they got one. I think they were a really particularly effective uh, defense statistically. Um, but to me, they weren't aggressive enough. They were the definition of bend, but don't break. Like we, we had really poor returns on pass rush because I think, you know, Vic had obviously ways of, of, of sort of uh, covering up stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I, I think this guy in his press conference was, was talking about being more aggressive, forcing turnovers. That's what I want to hear. You know, I think our turnovers improved uh, because we had one major sort of turnover fest last year, which bumped our stats up. Um, special teams, you know, I mean, I don't care what age the guy is. He's got to be improvement on Tom McMahon because I don't think you could be any. I don't think there's a, although coincidentally, Tom McMahon, yeah, I got a job faster than Vic Fangio, which, um, you know, kind of put to lie the myth that Vic would get a job in five minutes after he's fired by the Broncos. Um, but apparently he's taking a year out to assess his options. Um, seems very convenient. But anyway, so yeah, no, yeah, they're, they're very young. But that, I mean, I, I, I like that. I mean, I think Vic's grumpy old uncle act wore thin very quickly. Um, again, as we've said in the show, that's fine. That act is fine if you're winning Super Bowls like bill belichick if you're not winning super bowls like bill belichick that just becomes dreary to be around so Hackett, and by extension he seems like he's got guys that that kind of are cut from the same cloth if anything at least it looks like there'll be some excitement on the sidelines and it looks like there'll be some some kind of energy in the press conferences um but I, I'm excited about it. I, I think, you know what, they've gone with youth um, and hopefully they'll have fresh ideas because there is talent in that team. I don't think there's as much talent as, as some of us would like to believe. I think the Pro Bowl and things like that were sort of a, a knock to the idea that we're just a quarterback away. We're not. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I think there is talent in this team. We're not a complete train wreck. And I think hopefully these young coordinators will, will teach these players and will get us closer towards respectability. Colin Stewart's brought up a number of points there. Uh, one thing I don't want to forget about, just while I have it here now, and then I knew you're going to maybe respond to what he's saying there, but the staff, etc. 
Uh, Von Miller, delighted for him. Happy for the man. He, he deserves to get a second ring. Um, you know, to think, Colm, he won a ring and then he lined up uh, with, with a team that started Trevor Simeon after winning the Super Bowl with, with everybody else uh, six, seven months later, uh, that, that September. And, and he had years where it just didn't work. The team didn't work. And he finally got that second ring and really uh, cements his legacy in the NFL. I'm, I'm delighted for him, but I, I know you probably want to maybe talk about that and then also mention what Stuart said. Yeah, Vaughn showed what Vaughn can do. And to be honest, people in Denver fans and everyone involved should sit up and take notice. That's what Vaughn is capable of. But we never took Vaughn back to the playoffs. Vaughn made it without Vaughn Miller, the Rams do not win a Super Bowl. And it's as, it's as simple as that. And yet we never, after Super Bowl 50, we never again um, were able to, to bring uh, back Vaughn to the playoffs to allow him. Uh, so when the stakes get higher, Vaughn ups his game, uh, which is, you know, the, the sign of a, of a really good player. Um, so delighted for, for Vaughn. I think it also, though, highlights to me, right, from for the Rams and for the Bucks because this idea that you are only ever a quarterback away. The Tampa Bay Bucks brought in Tom Brady and alongside Tom Brady, it wasn't just Brady to win a Super Bowl. They brought in Rob Gronkowski. They brought in Leonard Fournette and they drafted two absolute studs in Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield Jr. Like Wirfs had, you know, could, Quite, you could make an argument that he is, um, but he's certainly top three um, right tackles in the league. He's he's absolutely incredible, and his transition into the league has been in, unbelievable. We're constantly told tackles take a long time. Worf's hit the ground running. Winfield Jr. has been um, sensational as well. The Rams, the Rams didn't just trade for for Matthew Stafford, right? They brought in, they already had um, Jalen Ramsey and the best defensive player in the game today, Aaron Donald. But not just that, they brought in Odell Beckham, right? And Von Miller, right? That's what they had to do to win the Super Bowl. So this notion that you become a Super Bowl contender by just bringing a QB, I, I have my doubts on that, particularly given the, the lack of, of pass rush that Stuart has alluded to last year, that was a, a huge issue. And if realistically, that's, that changes games. You saw that um, suddenly when Burrow had no time, it made all the difference. If Burrow had had more time, Chase had actually gotten open. He'd beaten Ramsey because the way in which the league has changed the rules means it's almost impossible to be a shutdown corner now, right? Because every advantage is with the receiver. But... Burrow didn't have the time, couldn't get the ball out, and the, the Rams win win the Super Bowl. I, I think it, it's going to be interesting to, to see. This is obviously young coaching staff. You never know how it will go. I'm delighted to be, though, to see that it is diverse coaching staff because a couple of years ago, uh, Lindsey Jones at the Athletic, who obviously has covered the Broncos for years and has some great Peyton Manning stories, but did a piece. The Broncos had the least diverse coaching staff in the entirety of the, the league. So I'm glad to see that that has, um, you know, been addressed somewhat. I think that that, that helps a diversity of ideas helps. And um, yeah, definitely in terms of being more aggressive, that is something you would like to see, but ultimately in the, in the NFL, all of it comes down to 
the the quarterback. Zach, you know, you look at look at the Bengals. Um, Zach Taylor was second only to Fangio in terms of the the betting for coaches to be fired in twenty in the twenty twenty one season, but. They had Joe Burrow and they had Jamar Chase and they went to a Super Bowl. So for, for Hackett and for the rest of the coaching staff, it's going to come down to having that, uh, that QB. But it, look, he, he made big changes. I think that's one of the other interesting things. He's, he hasn't been afraid. They moved on from Mike Munchak. They, they moved on from Bill Collar. So they have really uh, rung the, the changes. It is absolutely his, his staff and his George Payton staff now. Now they need to go in and build a team to be competitive. And it's, you know, talking about the new staff, Stuart, uh, we've, we've got a Brit amongst the ranks, uh, this new DC. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. I'm going to try. Uh, I should, like, he's from Colchester, right? So I should know this. Uh, Jerry, I can't pronounce this lads. Evero, Colin, are you good with these names or is that? I, I yeah, believe, a, yeah, Evero. He was saying yeah, it's, Ever, it's Evero, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's from Colchester. What was he? He, he was born, he was there born in Colchester, in England. Born oh, there, yeah. Born. Uh, so he's confirming a similar scheme on the defense. But we, we won't hold that against him, Michael. I mean, I think you know, one can't, <laughs> one can't choose. Right, hold on, one. hold on. Any Broncos fan listening to this from around the world, if you're from Ireland, America, England, anywhere, you're all welcome here. Come on, lads, I'm, I'm taking a hand. Um, I'm only, jo- I'm only joking. I've got plenty of friends over in the UK. I know I didn't, I didn't realize he was that he was born in England. That's interesting. No, but it's interesting because you see a lot, and obviously some some great British coaches at the minute that are doing very well in the NFL. And I, I haven't heard about this guy until he literally came to us. So I was, I was like, wow, um, great for him. He's saying that he wants Stuart, this defense to be more aggressive and quote physical. Um, where we currently stand at the minute, do, do you think that defense is equipped for that? Or are you looking at this draft and, and maybe seeing certain keys that we could try and do that? I think, I think there's a lot of good pieces in place. Um, I think that, as we touched on earlier on, Michael, we, our pass rush took a huge hit um, over the last couple of years. Um, obviously, Von Miller leaving, um, even though it was the right thing to do. Uh, Von Miller leaving really just made a, a you know a, a difficult situation almost dire. Um, Bradley Chubb has nowhere near lived up to his billing as a fifth round. Uh, sorry, as a fifth pick overall. Um, Chubb has been decent when he's been fit. He's never fit. Um, and his sack totals have accordingly been nowhere near what you'd expect for somebody who should be a game wrecker, considering where he was drafted. Um, Malik Reed has been a nice uh, piece that we picked up as a free agent. Although Malik Reed is now also a free agent again. So, you know, we, we need to know if we can bring him back you're not going to get it done with, you know, Jonathan Cooper again was a nice story. The guy, uh, Weatherly, who came over from the Vikings was a nice story. None of these guys are getting you 12, 14 sacks a season. Um, so I think when regards to, to you know, like uh, as Colm said, the Bengals, which I didn't realize until I looked at after the, until the, the, the next couple of days, Chase had torched Ramsey as he had done throughout that game. Um, but unfortunately, he didn't have the opportunity to hit Chase, which would have been the game winning touchdown, because because Donald and Miller had wrecked the uh, had, had wrecked their O line. You got to get pressure. You really got to get pressure uh, on the quarterback. And until you can do, you know, that forces turnovers by strip sacks, but also it forces turnovers by making the quarterback make errant throws. 
Um, we didn't get anywhere near enough pressure on the quarterback last year. Now, I know Evero has said that he intends to blitz more than Fangio did last year, so that's already a positive. Um, blitzing, though, comes with it's it's danger you know that's the problem depending on how many men you send it's it's much better if you can get pressure um with four or five guys as opposed to sending the kitchen sink so i mean i think one of the positive things though for me looking at because we begin to start looking at potential draft picks or players picked at nine this does seem to be an incredibly strong year for pass rush and it also seems to be a good year for o-line um both of which are positions of need for us now particularly right tackle i thought massey did well last year i don't know if massey's going to come back but in a, a pass rush is is this draft is well stocked with pass rushes so that's good so if we go if we don't go quarterback at pick nine which we may not do um which has got nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers, but we may not go quarterback at nine then i would hope that we would go pass rush uh, failing that, I would hope we would pick up a right tackle. There, to me, are the two premium uh, positions that we need to get sorted if we don't go quarterback in round one. Uh, we did draft well last year, though, in fairness. You have to say that to, to George Payton. So uh, hopefully we'll see more of the same. You know, But we do have plenty of capital. We've got we've got decent amount of money to spend in free agency. Uh, this, again, was with the caveat if we don't sign one of those or you know, trade for one of those major quarterbacks, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, we've got a, a lot of money to spend in free agency or a decent amount of money to spend in free agency. But we have a lot of draft capital. So I would expect us to address those two pressing needs. But again, Michael, one of the issues is it, 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 you can talk about fixing passwords. You can talk about fixing the right tackle position. But you still have to come back and go, who's going to be the quarterback? What do you think, Colm? I, I think I can't get my myself off uh, mute there. <laughs> I look to to me this this all comes down. There's there are there are absolutely some some nice pieces, right? When you've Pat Sertain and you have Justin Simmons, uh, you you have a very nice um, couple of pieces there, and those two guys are, are set for for the foreseeable. Um, but you know, Stuart mentions, yeah, there, there is camp space, but can we spend it? Like I, I, currently we don't have an owner and the Broncos over the past four years have, have consistently had cap space available to them that they ne haven't necessarily, um, always maxed out on the, the cap. So it'll be interesting to, to see, um, what might come, um, there, but I, I think what you're, you're looking to me, I personally, I would take a swing on a QB in the, the draft. I, I think that you, rather than running it back with Locke, because I, I think you know what Locke's ceiling is. And I think you are in a, a division where you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Justin Herbert and you are, are going to have to do something. Well, that's, that's my last question for this podcast. Yeah. So I'll say to you, Colin, I'm going to Stuart. Who Sorry, starts Michael, week just, one just before you just before you ask Colin that question, Michael, I would absolutely agree with Colin there. If it were up to me, I would 100% pick a quarterback at number nine. 100% pick a quarterback at number nine because we have to get off this carousel of mediocrity. We have to. Okay. Who have you got starting week one, Colin, as it stands? I know it's only oh. February. 
I who do I think I think it'll be Drew Locke. I don't think they'll probably pick um a QB at nine. I think they should. I would pick a QB, I would start a QB from day one and I would run it and I would see what happens. If it's a disaster, you're picking high the following year. I think you cut bait. I think the, the league has totally changed. And I think um the the way in which the transition from college to the pro game that has changed. The idea that people sit now. Um, I, I don't think that's the, the case. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes sat because it was a very specific kind of situation, but it isn't the case, I think, anymore. Joe Burrow just played in a Super Bowl in his 30th game. Justin Herbert has never played a, a preseason game. Jalen Hurts went to the playoffs in year two. I, I think you you swing and you see what happens, but I don't know if the Broncos are going to do that because I think they would be concerned. They might be wedded to a QB. I, I don't think you need to be, and I don't think even it has to be like the the cards where you know they moved on from their head coach. They they had Cliffsbury and and um, they brought in Murray, and that's a whole situation that they're now dealing with down there. But to me, that's what that's what I would do. I just think. I, the whole there's a freshness about it and i i would prefer to to see that and to see what could happen but as things stand i believe it will be drew lock starting week one i agree with column i don't think we'll drop the quarterback i think we should i don't think we will and i think drew lock will be starting week one this season and if that is the case We'll talk about it closer to the time. I, I can't wrap my head around that yet. Um, I, I just just want to see what happens over the next few weeks. Obviously, we're now starting to look at free agency in a few weeks and what could potentially happen. I, I don't think a big move's out of the question, but let's let let's see. You know, there's all this talk happening in 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 Del Valley at the minute. You know, there's lots of lovely videos and great stuff coming out, great content coming out. Uh, I just look forward to the the big move now because all the pieces are there. So let, let's see what happens. Stuart, who do you think will be starting a quarterback week one as it stands? I would like it to be Kenny Pickett, uh, who was picked at nine, the quarterback out of Pittsburgh. By um, common consensus, he's by far and away the most pro-ready quarterback, so he could come in day one. Matt Corral, um, out of all Miss, is another one that they reckon could come in and start day one as well. Um, however, I have spent God knows how long being a Denver Broncos supporter and they have rarely drafted a quarterback in the first round. And when they have done, they've in, invariably drafted the wrong one. Um, so I'm not sure that they're going to. I think it, if that's the case, then it will probably be luck. And if it is luck, I would think that at least he'll have the opportunity to have a coaching staff that might attempt to play to his strengths. And then we will see where that takes us. I mean, I think we've, we were all pretty much lock believers up to a point. And I think it's that sort of dissipated as the weeks went by. Um, but I, I still think there is talent there with lock. I think Shermer gave him little or no chance because um, he's a wretched, uh, wretched offensive coordinator. So I think there might be, the, the only thing that might be sellable from that is that maybe Hackett will, will play to lock strengths and and we might see something a little bit more exciting. But with up to me, I would pick Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh and I would start him week one and I would, barring injury, tell him you are playing 17 games this season and we'll see what we got. 17 games and maybe one in London or Mexico. 
definitely one in Vegas anyway. Boys, uh, good crack as always. Uh, looking forward to hopefully doing this every week now. Are we doing it every week at the end of the season? Or what's I, uh, yeah, I think there'll be there'll be lots more to discuss. I mean, the, the fact that like we're talking about like taking a QB in the top 10 in a, a class that isn't really known for QBs. We'll have lots to, to discuss, I am sure. Um, but it's good to have our kind of initial thoughts out there as we uh, you know head into to March. As we said, the season never sleeps, though. It does not indeed. You can listen to us on the Mile High Report podcast network. Just search Dublin to Denver Mile High Report. Please feel free to subscribe, leave a review. Uh, and we'll chat to you again soon. Uh, Stuart and Colin, thanks for your time. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.